Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz, and I'm really happy to say that I'm back with one more Shopkeeper Stories episode, probably the last one for this year, unless I could squeeze some more in. Today, I have Julie Wurr with me. She is a Master Shopkeepers member and the owner of Heart and Home. Julie, where is Heart and Home at? Tell me what state you're in. Northwest Iowa. Okay. (laughs) And I'm laughing because before I even press record, Julie said, why do I do this to myself? (laughs) She's so nervous. So we're just going to break the ice here. (laughs) It is okay. I promise you it's okay. This is harmless and it's fun. It's fun. So I always like to start the episodes off by asking about the person I'm interviewing. I want to know, like, what was your journey into shopkeeping? I don't think I've interviewed anyone yet that shopkeeping immediately happened for them or that their family had a retail business and they started and they started their own retail business. So I'm really curious what your background is. I know you've been a shopkeeper for a long time, so I'll let you tell that story too. But tell me, how did you start your retail store? And tell me about your retail store too. Retail was an accident. I've always been obsessed with retail, but it was purely an accident. I am what I call an accidental entrepreneur. So in Growing up, I grew up with grandparents and my parents always took us to our grandparents every weekend. And my grandmothers, both sets, taught me to craft and to create and embroidery and do all that kind of thing all the time. So I grew up doing that. And when I met my husband, we were both young. Uh, We started out with nothing. So I was decorating our house with everything that I was taught by my grandmothers to do. Um, We had a son. And then in 1991, we had, we were expecting, our oldest was three, and our second son was born three days past his due date, um, but he was stillborn. I was 25 years old. And honestly, back then, it, it was more like, okay, this happened, move on. The day of the funeral, after the funeral, actually, in the kitchen of the church, my grandma McClurg, this little Irish woman, came up, took my hands in her hands, looked me straight in the eyes and said, happy hands make happy hearts. And I knew exactly what she meant. And I started creating mm-hmm. um, I do the craft stores that were about 30 miles away and get dried things, dried flowers. And I would start working on it pretty soon. My family was asking for them and I knew, you know, they're just doing that to be nice. Right. Then neighbors started asking and then friends of my parents started asking. And I thought, well, maybe this could be something I could do. So in October of 1992 was my first official sale. I had a tax license. I had everything. It was a craft show. I pretty much wanted to pass out because I thought, here I am. We are in debt with all the medical and funeral expenses. I have a four-year-old at this time. 
what am I doing to my family? Why am I doing this? And the first sale happened before the craft show actually started. I wish I knew who it was because I owe her everything. It was amazing. So that started. All right. So first I want to make sure that I say I am, I'm sorry about the loss of your son. I do love what that experience created for you. And I really love, it was your grandmother that said, happy hands make happy hearts. Mm -hmm. And I think you've mentioned that before in the group. And I can see why that was probably so healing to you was be that creative outlet. So to let everyone know, I know what heart and home is, but what is heart and home now? Now it went through a few phases. Uh, We started four years craft show. Then we converted our garage over into a store that was for four years. And then we moved to where we are now and it's downtown Lorenz started out with silk flowers, fresh or dried florals, candles. It's so funny thinking of how that started because that was in 2000, March of 2000, when we opened up downtown. And now it is back to dried (laughs) silk, uh, higher end silks, fresh flowers, weddings, um, helping people go through their grieving with funerals, different events, occasions, home decor, self-care, just... Yeah, just fun things to help. I always, I always think it's hope, hopefully helping someone either celebrate an event or something that might make their life a little bit happier. Mm-hmm. And how big is your store? <sighs> 25 feet by 150 feet, whatever that is. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. And- ourselves out. I have now got 25 feet by eight feet in the back. That is my inventory receiving and everything. And my main office is now at the house. We are out of room. Okay. So do you, I mean, that sounds like it's almost 4,000 square feet then. And I, I remember you did a video tour and we've been doing these in master shopkeepers this year. And it's been fun where we just take our phones and we walk through our stores and we show our m- messy storage rooms or offices and the beautiful stores that we have. And I remember thinking you have quite a bit of space to work with, but I also understand that you're offering a service too. you have, uh, you know, most of your business or I don't know what percentages is florals. Would you say it's half and half, half home decor, half floral? 50% fresh, probably 30% silk and the rest in home decor. Okay. Yeah. I did not know the percentage. That's interesting. Yeah. The florals keep you busy for sure. I also know that whenever we're on group calls or I'm teaching a master class, that Julie is always back in her studio trimming flowers, stems. I feel like that's what you're usually doing. You're trimming, but you're you're engaged in conversation and you're talking to us. So when did the home decor come in? Because I'm I imagine it was mostly the florals, and you're super talented, by the way. Uh, we'll make sure that everyone follows you, but your florals are beautiful, both the silk and the fresh. And you don't really see silk florals a lot, I feel like. Maybe that is coming back because I know you said that's starting to trend again. But when did the home decor come in? The home decor started in the garage um, when I had the store in the garage because I couldn't keep up with the orders for the silk and dried. So I just, I had to have something to constantly kind of fill. 
I know my first, my first order was candles. And I went up to market in Minneapolis with my mother. No idea what I was doing. I mean, this has all been purely accidental. And I wrote out a check for $300 and I was almost crying my entire way home thinking, what have I done? That's insane. Who spends $300? Well, now <laughs> I wish it was a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Tens of thousands. <laughs> yeah. And what do your customers seem to come to you? So do they come to you for the florals? Do they order online? Are they coming in the store? How does that break out? A little bit of both. The website definitely is starting to take up more um, space into what we do. I think because so many of the younger generation understands how to do that, and there's some control over it, that they can pick it and not have someone, you know, in their ear telling them what to do or anything like that. Um, The phone calls still come in from the older generation or um, people that just want to double check knowing that we are a small town that we do have what we what we what they need and then how do you manage or juggle having both providing both services and having the actual retail store itself where customers come in and shop how do you juggle that I think that's called time blocking and I that's (laughs) my hard spot it's you don't have a lot of off time you're on call all the time because if a, a funeral director would call and say there needs to be a fast service or something, you you do it. You go. You're on call. So my other designer, Gerilyn, who is amazing, she we try to work our schedule. So if I'm out of town, she's around and vice versa. And she is so accommodating to that. It is amazing. And she is, I think I know this from the group and from talking to you, she is your only other team member. It's you and her, right? Yes. And then I do have a social media assistant. Okay. Virtual. Yeah. I mean, when you think about a 4,000 square foot space and the number of services that you provide, that's not, not a lot of people. It's also really interesting to me that you say I'm on call. I actually wrote this down. I'm on call all the time. You usually don't view a retail business in that way. For so many of us, we have set hours and sometimes our hours are setting boundaries for ourselves and for other people so that we do have time for our family and our friends. But this is a little bit different in the sense that not only is it a small town, but it's a service-based retail business and that you don't, you can't sometimes set those boundaries. So I could see that being challenging. I also know, though, from talking to you in the group that you love what you do. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, going back to how this started, this is still, this is what healed my trauma or is healing. I don't know if you ever get healed over with something like that, but it is what I would do if I wasn't doing it. Mm. I cannot imagine my life without it. I adore everything about it. That's an amazing feeling, right? I, I like that you love your work that much. That's how I feel. Not that this interview is about me, but I I can relate. You know, I wake up and I look forward to everything that I do. I look forward to the days I'm in the store, Julie shaking her head, like agreeing with me. I'm I look forward to the days I look in the I'm going to the store and I look forward to the days that like today that I'm working from home and I get to talk to people and I get to have these conversations and I get to help people. Like there isn't a day 
unless I'm really tired for some reason that, that I don't want to work, but it's usually just because of that. I just might be tired. It's not because of lack of passion. And I think that's, that's how I view you. You're very passionate about what you do. So I also know that you do a lot of wedding florals too. That keeps you really busy. Tell me about providing that service. And if you're going to continue to provide that service. I am a romantic at heart. When I sit down with a bride, the first thing I want to know is hear the love story. I want to get to know the couple. I want to know how he proposed, how they met, things like that. I, I just, I love romance. So it is, in fact, this weekend um, coming up, we have one three hours away. I think our farthest one away has been about five hours away. It's just, it's magical. It's fun. It's also a lot of hard work. We are getting rid of our rentals. That'll be ending May of 2023 so that we can focus focus more on doing the wedding florals and have time to really work on it and make it be exactly what the vision is. And when you say rentals, just for the people that don't know what that means, what does that mean? Candlesticks, tapers, uh, frosted votives, those right there, I think are probably about 120 pounds that we have worth of that. Pipe and drape, which the bases alone were 80 pounds to lift. It's a lot of physical work. And if I want to continue doing this for as long as I physically can, I had to let that go. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And good for you for making that decision instead of like, you love your business so much, you don't want it to drain you. So that's one part of the business that you want to and need to let go. And it makes sense. And speaking about making decisions around your business, you attended the 2021 Savvy Shopkeeper Retreat. You'll be attending this year's retreat. And the one thing that comes up in Master Shopkeeper's at least it's come up on several occasions, Kelly has commented about it, is the a bit of a transformation that you've gone through since the retreat. So can you just share with me like what what changed for you after you left the retreat? I'll actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to start a little bit before then. Before I started listening to your podcast, I would have to say I treated this, I've always treated this like a hobby. I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, you'd look at your checkbook and you'd see how much money you had and you, how many bills do I have? Can I buy that or not? You would. And then you sweat if you screwed up somewhere. And so the first probably year or however long I was in there um, and started in with master shopkeepers and I'm listening to these women and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? They know so much. What are all these forms you're giving us? And what does this mean? And I just, I couldn't believe, I did not know what a PL stood for, let alone what profit and loss meant. I had never seen that form before. I had, I was a hobbyist for over 25 years. I've been a hobbyist. And I realized at the retreat and meeting these women in real life and hearing your story and going through the sessions that I deserved a seat at the table with these women. It just, it was, it, it changed my mindset. I realized I really need to know my numbers. Master Shopkeepers is helping me with that. But it just, it just clicked that I belong. And I need to quit teach, taking this as a hobby and actually make it be a business that I can enjoy and have long-term 
goals for it so that I don't have to close because I didn't know my numbers. Mm. Yeah, that's incredible. I I know you've said it before in the group where you said I, I I was a hobbyist. I was essentially a hobbyist for 25 years, but I didn't realize to what level until now. I had no idea. So that's a huge transformation then. And yeah, yes, for sure you deserve a seat at the table. I'm sure my podcast copywriter is going to take that quickly and turn it into a graphic for this episode. But yes, for sure you deserve a seat at the table. And I love how it flipped your mindset around, like, I'm going to stop treating this as a hobby and I'm going to treat this as a business. And not only am I going to treat it as a business, but it's it's going to be or it is profitable and I'm going to pay myself. Because haven't we talked about you paying yourself too? First time in almost 30 years, first time. Between master shopkeepers, I, I cannot tell people enough to get a business coach that you are comfortable with, with a group of people that you can be honest with, that you know are not going to be sitting there and judging you, they don't. They are there supporting you or saying, I've been through that. or And to realize that I'm not alone and it's okay to pay myself. And how does it feel to pay yourself? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I have some goals. So... Yeah. So let's talk about that. I mean, there's so many things that I, I didn't know. I, and I feel like I know you because you share a lot. You're very open. You share vulnerabilities, you share wins, you've shared about this transformation, you share a lot. And I still feel like I didn't know some of those things. So let's talk about that next. Cause I think that's a great transition. What are your goals? Like now that you, you spent 25 years as a hobby Now you're spending it as a business owner. Now you're paying yourself. What is next for Julie? Right now, Geraldine is working on, we're changing over the system into barcoding, which I never knew was such a thing. I didn't know you should know your inventory that close. I did not know there was a POS system. I I feel like I was just for 25 plus years, just like walking around going, I mean, I started out with the credit card machines that you slid over and had the carbon copies. So she's right now going through and making sure our numbers are straight. Um, It's definitely going to be going a little more on the website, plus having online or having the brick and mortar and really trying to get those. I, the women in this group are encouraging me to do lives I think I'm going to start doing live showing the silks that we have and what they can create with them or we can create for them. And I have promised I want to, with my income that I am making from the store, I have promised my son, his wife, my daughter-in-law and my two grandchildren, my husband and myself, I am taking us to Hawaii some year. And the store, what I have is going to pay for it. That is my goal. That's incredible. I love Hawaii. So I, I love that. I love that that's a big goal. And I love that that's, those are some of the things that our businesses can do, that not only can it pay us, but that it could give us some, you know, some time away, some vacation time. I know we've talked about this before and Katie, who attended last year's retreat, like that's what she says. She works full time and she has this other business on the side and that business on the side is what allows them to travel and have fantastic vacations. And we deserve that. <laughs> so tell me, how much has your business 
has your business grown, I guess, is the first question since last year. And do you know the percentages? Now I'm caught. Now I'm really putting you on the spot because now we're talking numbers. You don't have to give me numbers, but what about a percentage of growth? I will put it this way. Uh, my sales to, where are we? We are halfway through our third quarter, correct? Yes. My sales are equal to the end of last year. Oh, wow. And we haven't hit fourth quarter. Okay. And is fourth quarter your biggest quarter? It's equal to my second quarter because Mother's Day, graduation, uh, Memorial Day, those are big florist holidays. Yeah. I hear that a lot with the florists in the group that Q2 and Q4 are both big. That's kind of nice because for some of us like gift shop, home decor stores, we wait until Q4. I would love if I had another <laughs> another quarter that gave me a bump like that. <laughs> so this year you plan on attending the retreat again. And obviously this is not a pitch for the retreat. Tickets are closed. We're not selling anymore. And I'm actually not hosting the retreat in 2023. I'm not hosting an in-person retreat in 2023. But I really just want to know, what do you look forward to at this year's retreat? The sessions you have lined up are going to be amazing. I saw those and I thought, yes. And there's one where it's like, well, you can zen out and be walk around the farm and things. And I'm like, do I really want to do that? Because I want to hit both sessions, I I am afraid to miss anything. And yet I want to visit with all the people there. And yeah, it's just, you learn as much probably from the sessions as you do visiting with all the sisters there. Yeah. What did you say last year when you left the retreat? You, you actually put it, I think, on the survey. You said something like, something about the whole drive home. Oh, Yeah. Well, first of all, the retreat is exactly what a retreat should be because I have been to another retreat before and I was, I was empty when I left. I was worn out. I was empty. I, and this retreat all the way back, I don't even know if I turned on the radio for quite a while. Everything was playing in my head and I was renewed. I had, I think what it gave me was the gift to daydream again and to dream about possibilities with the store, which I think after so many years, you just kind of start going along, you know, same old, same old or something. And it just, I, I think it's like a nine hour drive. I don't think I really turned on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was just, and I think I kept absorbing, I kept playing things back. So it wasn't just you walked away and you were done. It's something that still connects to me. That's something, I, I just have such wonderful memories of it. And the way it made me feel, the way it empowered me, it really did. Yeah, I mean, last year's theme was Dare to Dream. So hopefully that actually came, that seems like it came to life for you. And this year's theme is focus on foundation because we usually as retailers start our businesses and just take off running and we just keep moving forward sometimes at crazy speeds and we don't go back to the foundational things. So I think that will be helpful for so many people attending too. I am curious, you've mentioned your family and you talk about your family a lot and you talk about your husband and and how many grandchildren do you have? Oh, the cutest little six-year-old Samuel and four-year-old Abigail. And they are, oh, they're my why now. 
And I love talking, obviously I love talking about family. Family is important to me too. So what have they seen in you? Have they noticed any changes in you over the past year or two or with the business or how much the business has grown? Or they, you know, do they just say mom is mom's doing her thing. Grandma's doing her thing. Well, they live in St. Louis, so they're quite a ways away. The sweetest thing that just happened, they came back, came up, they come here once a year. And my four-year-old granddaughter, they saw my desk, my main office, and she got right in there. And I said, you can go through the drawers, whatever. It's nothing off limits. And she pulled out a pad of paper and she started interviewing me and was making little scribbles. And then she put a dot and she was interviewing me. And apparently I got hired for $55 an hour to take care of the baby dragons who were going to take care of the dinosaurs. <laughs> but I thought, how awesome for a four-year-old girl to see someone in that position for a woman. Mm, yes to that. Yes to that for sure. So I usually ask about master shopkeepers, but I feel we've talked about that and talked about the retreat. What I actually really want to ask you, because you're probably one of the shopkeepers that I've interviewed with the amount of experience that you have, and you've been in business as long as you have, which is so commendable. You know, you often hear stories about retail businesses that they're lucky if they last five years, and they're definitely lucky if they last 10 years, but you've been in business over 25 years. What are some words of wisdom or advice that you have for other retail store owners or in particular, maybe the florists, because we have quite a few florists in our, in our, in our groups too. What are some words of wisdom? It could be three things. I usually ask for the one thing, but I'd like to kind of open this up and ask what are a few things that you would give in terms of advice, especially for longevity? I think one of it is don't pay attention to the other businesses and what they're doing around you and keeping in your own lane and focus and stay true to yourself stay true. Now that I know, stay true to your data and your numbers. They don't lie. Like you always say, they don't lie, which that threw me when you said that the first time. I'm like, what? (laughs) But it's, yeah, it's just staying true to who you are and following your instincts that has gotten you to where you are. Longevity, another one. Mm. To, again, just being true to what you love and what lights you up that you'll get advice from a lot of different people of what your store should be or what you should be carrying or what you should be doing. Again, um, what I've learned through Master Shopkeepers is look at the inventory, the turnover, the rates, what categories, everything like that. What they might think is needed isn't what's going to be good for you in the end. And if you're going to be stressed up out because that wasn't good for you. Why were you doing it? And number three, just find the joy. We'll keep it at that. Nice and simple. I love wrapping it up that way. Finding the joy. I say that all the time in a variety of ways and a variety of podcast episodes that no one can define happiness for you and or your business, except for you. No one should be able to do that except for you. And all of our businesses, we talk about this in Master Shopkeepers too. All of our businesses is different. We have million dollar businesses. We have businesses that generate $100,000 a year and we have everything in between or $2 million businesses. 
And what's really the most important is that you find the joy for you. So I love wrapping it up that way. I don't want anyone to feel that, you know, their business neighbor or their mother or their brother or their partner defines the happiness in that business for them. We should really do that for ourselves. So I think that's a fantastic way to wrap this up. Julie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being as vulnerable as you are in the group. I think that helps other people in the group feel that it's okay to be vulnerable. And I want to know, I want everyone to know how they can follow you. Give me your website first so they can visit your website. By the way, I was on your website the other day and I almost, it was like the most random thing. I almost bought candy. (laughs) Yeah. That website, I've got to, there's some work yet, but we're, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So the website is heartinhomeonline.com. So it's H-E-A-R-T, the letter N, homeonline.com. And everywhere else, because I am old, it's Heart and Home. On Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, it is on Pinterest. It's all Heart and Home. That is fantastic. I tell people all the time, please, if you can, and I get it, sometimes usernames are taken. If you can be consistent everywhere, because it's frustrating to me when I go to Instagram and try to find someone and I really want to follow them, but they don't have the same name as the website or as the business name. It's a little bit different. And I get it. It's It can still work. I'm not saying it can't work, but it does make it easier for the person who wants to follow you to do that. So I love the consistency. I also love that you're on TikTok. Oh, yeah. I share some things with you like, oh, did you see this? This is cool. Um, Yeah, I got to start doing a few more videos, but we'll get there. We will get there. You've done a lot in a year. It's been incredible to watch your journey. It's been incredible to see all of the progress, the transformation, the growth, all of it. And I think it's just the beginning. Like now we're, we're we're just a few weeks away from the retreat. It'll be really exciting to see what you do after that. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Aww. Julie, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. And thank you for everything that you do in the group. I appreciate that too. Well, thank you for guiding us and helping us all. It has been the best thing I've probably done for my business. I don't know what else I can say after that. <laughs> I made you speechless. (laughs) Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.